We're back. It's episode six of My Song, Your Song, Our Song. I'm Holden Slathery, here with a guy wearing a Dizma t-shirt. That's my co-host, Mike Warsh, who has a vast collection of metal band t-shirts. Hello, hello. Uh, And that intro music, that's our good friend, uh, music producer, LB Kim. On this podcast, we talk about songs. We look into how our tastes differ and where they overlap. In each episode, we talk about one song that's my song, one song that's Mike's song, and one song that's our song. Today, my song is The Last Great American Dynasty by Taylor Swift. Minus Cemetery Gates by Pantera. And our song today is Who We Be by DMX. So we're starting with The Last Great American Dynasty by Taylor Swift. Now, Taylor Swift, like both of us, is from Pennsylvania, and she's the biggest art music artist in the world right now. So we love to see that. And I don't have the deepest knowledge of Taylor Swift, you know, not compared to the real Swifties, but I'm very familiar with this song we'll be talking about uh, from her 2020 album, Folklore. So over the years leading up to this album, I listened to her singles and enjoyed most of them quite a bit. And then this one came out, you know, just a few months into the COVID pandemic and was just a big music event, very talked about. Um, and there wasn't a lot going on in music at the time. So she really took advantage of that moment. And I was really ready to listen to this album and give it a shot. And so it was recorded also in the pandemic, which I think was a huge part of the, the thoughtfulness and artfulness of this album. It's not poppy, it's more folksy. And I just like folksy stuff more than poppy stuff. I mean, to me, that sounds like someone wrote it about a genuine feeling and poppy to me sounds like someone worked with hit makers and made sure the song could appeal to like a billion people or more and so this is probably my favorite song on the album i think it's very unique and smooth uh, and soothing uh, and lyrically it's very interesting um, you know sonically it's pretty simple i don't have that much to say about it um you know but i'll be curious about your thoughts mike uh on on the music and uh Yeah, as for the lyrics, uh, I have a lot to say. I mean, one of the things that people say often about Taylor Swift's music is that it's very personal. She writes about herself, her boyfriends and lovers, and we know some of her songs are about specific people she dated. Um, But on this album, there are some songs in the first person, uh, but also many songs about other people. And there's fictional stories about characters who appear in different songs on the album. And that's done brilliant, brilliantly. Um, but this song is more like creative nonfiction, which is what I studied in college. She's telling stories about real people using research and bringing it to life with storytelling. And then she even brings herself into the story, which is something we do sometimes as creative nonfiction writers, because we like talking about ourselves, just like podcasters. So the song is about uh, Rebecca Hark- Harkness, a socialite woman, Um, who married a guy named Bill, who was heir to Standard Oil. This was the biggest petroleum company in the world uh, with its co-founder, John D. Rockefeller, one of the wealthiest Americans of all time. And so it tells the story of this woman as she moves up to Rhode Island from St. Louis and marries this wealthy guy. And immediately people in the town are gossiping asking, like, how did this middle-class divorcee do it? How did she marry into wealth? Uh, So I'm going to play a clip uh, early on in the song here. Bill was the heir to the standard oil name. 
town said how did a middle class divorce they do it so um yeah you hear that you know the town questioning and then it goes into um you know talking about um the parties were tasteful if a little loud the doctor had told him to settle down it must have been her fault his heart gave out so these gossipers are blaming the woman for his death and it goes on to talk about um you know well there goes the last great american dynasty like they're saying this you know this wealthy important man died and that and like she ruined it and um you know it talks about how she flew in her so-called bitch pack friends from the city, assuming that's like New York or Boston. And they had crazy parties at this house. Uh, there's sort of like a great Gatsby vibe and it says she lost on uh, card bets to Dolly, uh, like the Spanish painter, Salvador Dolly. And, um, and there's something about a feud with a neighbor uh, where it says Rebecca died, the neighbor's dog green. Uh, but in real life, it was a cat, but it's sort of like the telephone gossip that's intentional in the song. Um, and then, so the last uh, part, you know, it talks about how, you know, the song, uh, I mean, the house went empty for a while. And then at the end, uh, Taylor reveals her connection to this house and this story. And it's actually a house that she owns. And she learned this history when buying the house and kind of always wanted to write a song about it. Uh, the music was done uh, with Bon Iver um, or Aaron Desner of Bon Iver. And, and she just wrote these lyrics really quickly, she said. And uh, yeah, um, so for me, it's mainly about the lyrics, but it's also just a nice sounding song that I could listen to many times. Um, Mike, what were your thoughts on this song? Um, I really liked it. Um, it made me realize... Um, I'm way more familiar with uh, more Taylor Swift songs than I originally thought. Um, I, I kind of, I don't know. I've, I've heard Taylor Swift, you know, over the past 10 to 15 years, uh, hun hundreds of times probably. And uh, I never just pinpointed her voice. I don't know why. It's not like I avoided it. Um, I've always liked everything I've heard, but um I don't know. I could never recognize it before. And then listening to this song, it's like, oh yeah, she's done a million other songs. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I tried, I tried searching for the songs that I know in uh, Spotify. And I think I only saw like one in the top five suggest, uh, suggested, which just speaks to, you know, how large her, her catalog is and how influential she is. Um, I do really like the song a lot. The, the lyrics are very easy to understand um there's a lot of cool stuff she's doing with them like that uh, um the gossip type thing you know with the, with the dog and the cat um the music is really interesting it, it starts off pretty it stays kind of mid-range the whole way in terms of like emotion um mm -hmm. but it builds too slowly um and it, it gets to the higher of like the mid-ranges um during the chorus and then of course it at the very end um kind of kind of like a, a lot of her songs she plays with like that that mid-range of emotion really well um i yeah i i really really enjoyed it and um just like uh the mac miller episode um i'm interested in exploring her stuff more now because of this uh this song i'll have to get some recommendations from you yeah and 
I've never listened to any of her. Well, I listened to a couple other albums, but um, this is the main one that I've listened to. I listened to the one that came out right after this was also sort of acoustic. I didn't like it nearly as much, but I would definitely recommend just listening to folklore uh, beginning to end. Uh, it's my top recommendation. If you really want that kind of folksy uh, version that you hear kind of in this song. Um, so Very yeah, cool. next um, we have uh, you're up with uh, Pantera. Yeah. So um, this is honestly the song I picked is, is a song called Cemetery Gates. Um, Pantera, I think just like most metalheads, um, they were my favorite band for a long time. Um, they're probably still in my top 10. Uh, definitely incredibly influential on um, what I appreciate about metal music. Um, this song in particular is, uh, it is one of the most famous. Um, I took your route this time, Holden, and uh, I picked it because of um, not just the music, but, but a lot for the lyrics. Um, it was very... Uh, I discovered Pantera maybe like senior year of high school or like freshman year of college. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, late teenage years. Um, I've been through some stuff emotionally, just like every teenager. Um, and found a lot of um, kind of motivation and like a little bit of like power through the lyrics of Pantera. Um, first through like the more aggressive songs and then uh, and then kind of through... Uh, many of their other songs uh this one in particular it's kind of like a um i think it's an it's an ode so i haven't researched what it's actually about but the way i interpret it and the way i i kind of use it um is kind of like an homage or like an ode um to somebody who has passed um or died that meant a lot to you somebody very influential in your life um, sort of like a role model. Um, and the way f- uh, Phil's lyrics is the vocalist built with um, Dimes guitar um, are just absolutely insane. And, and one of the things I really, really adore about this song. Um, so it starts off with like a, a slow acoustic beginning. Um, and then it gets really heavy into like some big, um, you know, metal chords let me uh, let me let me play a clip really quick. Mm-hmm. All right, so this uh, this first clip is just um, you can hear where the uh, where those those big chords kick in in the intro. Like uh, it brings you immediately into the um, into the heaviness of the song. It is a pretty heavy song, even though it's a little more. Um, it's it's got sadder overtones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he has this, uh, the guitarist, one of the most famous guitarists in metal, um, created so many different unique sounds. Um, One of them that you just heard there, I think it's called like a pinch harmonic, Um, but essentially it it makes it sound like the guitar is kind of crying, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which is, which is, I think goes really well with this song in particular. Um, let me play um, 
two more clips. This is Phil kind of, um, he's hitting the end of the second verse. So he's hitting the, the inflection point in the second verse. Um, and the lyrics and his voice in combination are, were just really powerful to me and still are. Um, but especially for um, those college and post-college years. Um, you know, kind of speaking to like a an outside force, um, like I was saying before, an odor and homage to somebody you lost, um, mm -hmm. not being alone through all those years. And then this final, um, this final clip is just like the, the the peak of the whole song. It's right at the end. It's Phil's voice matching the guitar, um, and it's the ultimate building point or inflection point of the whole song. Um, and it's it's one of my favorite parts of the song. So you can see how the guitar matches Phil's vocals. Um, he 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 can't hit those high notes anymore. I, I think that that kind of ended almost immediately early to his his career, um, but it's just it's a testament to you know the talent and just incredible songwriters they are. Um, but yeah, um, that's that's my favorite Pantera song. What did you think about it, Holden? Yeah, I liked it too. I mean, it grew on me more after a couple of listens. Um, you know, I don't think I liked it that much on the first listen. Um, and we were talking about another uh, Pantera song, Walk, uh, which I liked more at first. But then I think this one's growing on me more now. And that one is kind of, it's much more simple. And it's kind of, uh, you know, fading uh, after a few listens a bit. Um, mm. But in terms of this song, um, yeah, I like I like what he's doing with the guitar there. You know, the, the clips that you sh you've shared. Um, yeah, I also looked into the lyrics um, and, um, you know, just a bit that um, I didn't look anything up about them, but I can see, you know, he says, I must reverse my life. I can't live in the past, uh, then set my soul free, belong to me at last. So, yeah, I can tell he's talking about mourning, but wanting to also, you know, get past the mourning and like not just live in that grief. Um, and yeah, I kind of also got the sense that it was kind of like talking to a uh, higher power um you know is this some conspiracy um so yeah you know i definitely got that you know the difficulty of of losing someone um and uh yeah besides that um you know it sounded good i i would i do want to hear some more pantera you know after hearing a couple of these songs yeah i think your your thoughts um your thoughts about it directly um echo mine you know um, walk was, you know, kind of how I was introduced. And then, um, you've heard it so many times you kind of move on and then speaking to a high power reverend, reverend, is this some conspiracy? Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's one of my favorites. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. 
All right. So next, uh, I'm very excited for the next one. We have Who We Be by DMX. Uh, this is my favorite DMX song. Uh, DMX was a beloved, legendary rapper who died uh, last year. So rest in peace, DMX. Um, and I remember this music video in rotation on MTV. It came out in 2001 on the album uh, The Great Depression. And I've always appreciated DMX's energy and emotion and his lyricism, even though his style wasn't really the kind of rap style I gravitate toward. Uh, but I really liked a few of his singles and none more than this one. Uh, to me, this is just an extremely unique rap song. It takes a chance stylistically and he nailed the execution of it. So yeah, it's, uh, you know, first of all, a great beat. It's produced by a uh, hip and hip and black key, which I think are lesser known producers, uh, at least to me. And, uh, you know, DMX, he gets so into this beat that he, he adds his own voice to it and starts like going, dinner, dinner, dinner. I really like that. And, uh, just his rap style. The reason I say this is so unique is it's mostly individual words stacked on one another, uh, with phrases mixed in, providing a little bit more commentary on what he's saying. But, um, you know, it, it relies heavily on like a series of words. And the message is, you know, they don't know who we be. I think people who have struggled, especially those who don't understand the black experience and the experience of poverty, uh, they don't know how hard life is for someone like DMX and don't really know who he is, don't understand him, maybe see him as just like a character of someone uh, that they know, you know, from the kind of neighborhood he's from. And um, yeah, I'm going to play um, uh, one part here that I enjoy. When they had you, Damn. the days, the months, the years, despair, one night on my knees, here it comes, the prayer. All right, so that comes at the end of, I think, the second verse where he's talking about prison, uh, which I think is the most powerful part of the song. I love just some of the lyrics uh, earlier on in this verse. He says, um, you know, the snitches, the odds, probation, parole, the new charge, the bail, the warrant, the, the hole, the cell, the bus, the ride up north, the greens, the boots, the yard, these hearts, uh, the fighting, the stabbing, the pulling, the grabbing, the riot squad with the captain. Nobody knows what happened. Uh, two years in a box, revenge, the plots, the 23 hours that's locked, the one hour that's not, um, you know, it goes on. And um, I just, yeah, the imagery is just so powerful. It's like for me, especially like the part about the fighting, like the pulling, the grabbing, you can just really picture it. Uh, and then you feel the emotion that he's talking about throughout. Um, you know, also, I love the music video. Uh, Want to say a few things about that. Um, he's got images of Martin Luther King and old marches and police violence. Uh, he's And then he mixes himself in sitting in a jail cell. And then he's got these kids who are mostly in black and white looking into the camera and singing the chorus uh, and, uh, along with, um, you know, different footage from prisons, uh, you know, things burning like from protests. And um, yeah, he kind of imposes himself into these different historical scenes. And then the kids at the end, uh, there's this series of kids. Um, some of them are in color and some in black and white and it's boys and girls. And they're all saying, I am DMX. Um, 
and it's powerful, but it's also, I find, I found it very funny. Like the first couple of times I watched it because it's like, you know, this little girl in black and white, who's looks, looks like she's from the thirties uh, saying I am DMX. Um, and all these kids like dead serious saying I am DMX and you know, they're just these these different kids that don't look at all like DMX. But I think the message is like, if these kids, you know, have been through troubled times, who don't come from money, like, you know, they can relate um, to the adversity, like, you know, they can relate to DMX in some way. And I think it's cool that he he did it inclusively, like, you know, it's not just boys, it's, it's different races, people from different times, like in some way. Um, they can relate to to him. Um, so yeah, uh, Mike, what are your thoughts? Uh, so he's he's always honestly been one of my favorites. I picked up. Uh, I wasn't allowed to listen to Parental Advisory, but my my buddy lent lent me um, Flesh of My Flesh, nineteen ninety nine, maybe two thousand. Actually, maybe like two thousand one. Um. And um, and that's right around the time he had the song with Cisco come out. Uh, and uh, I, I bought that album and then there was X and then uh, everybody immediately told me to pick up. Um, it's dark and hell's hot. So I bought that pretty quickly after. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I've been adoring him since pretty early childhood. Um. I like everything about him and and the song is also one of my favorites. It's probably the only song I listen to off this album, admittedly. Um, but I really love um I love his voice, I love his flow, I love his lyrics. Um I love the way he he chases patterns. And in this particular song, it's he seems to repeat the same patterns. Um, like you said, single words at a time. And then when he um, squishes it up right after, it's um, uh, it's repetitive of what he did before, but it it never gets old. And it's uh, it's so awesome the way it's done. Yeah, I mean, I think we agree. Like, it's a very unique song. Uh, it's very powerful. And uh, yeah, it was great listening to this again. Um, so thanks for another great podcast. Uh, thanks to Taylor Swift, Pantera, and DMX. Rest in peace for these songs. Uh, and if you haven't heard these, uh, go listen to them. All right, we'll see you next time. All right, thank you, everyone.